Akash Sureka is the MD of Taviska, a customer loyalty technology platform which is a division of JP Morgan Chase and Company. Akash has been an entrepreneur and advisor to startups and has a rich and diverse experience across technology and business roles in startups, unicorns, growing companies as well as large listed companies. So we asked Akash about how he has traversed his career path, how he prepared himself for different roles and how does he work on his own future relevance. Akash told us about the working backwards philosophy, just like how companies start with a destination postcard and work backwards to figure out what it will take to get to their future destination. Individuals should also think about where they want to be and keep stretching themselves, pushing themselves out of their comfort zones to constantly make progress in the direction of their destination. If you are interested in future relevance, lessons from leaders and organizations, please do check out our website, choose to think.com. That is think with a Q where you can check out how we can help you and your team stay future relevant. Subscribe to our Telegram channel and our weekly email smart letter. For now, let's listen to Akash share his secrets about how he applied the working backwards philosophy to his professional life. This is the CTQ Smartcast, where we have conversations about up-leveling, deliberate practice and getting future relevant. Hi, welcome Akash. Welcome to the CTQ Smartcast. Thank you, Arish. A very good morning to you. Yeah, thanks. And, uh, you know, after a lot of back and forth, we decided to do this on a Sunday morning. So let's make this uh, Sunday morning worthwhile for both of us and our listeners. Absolutely. And you should get an advantage of being a friend as a college buddy, right? So, of course. <laughs> so that's going to be my biggest challenge today, Akash, of, uh, you know, trying to uh, make sure I ask you questions from a third person, third party kind of a view and not, you know, the, the uh, close view that I have already, always had about your life and your career. So uh, let me start with this question and, uh, you know, I, I think this is a great question to start today's, uh, you know, interview with. So the journey from an engineer to an entrepreneur to the CEO of a, of a great mid-sized company and to now uh, MD of a JP Morgan company, right? So briefly talk me through this entire journey, Akash. Yeah, you know, it's, it's not been an easy journey anyways, right? right. So, um, but yeah, I think, look, you know, it, it actually goes back to the roots. You know, in fact, when I was in my 11th and 12th standard, I was actually looking to become a chartered accountant. Okay, by the way, because just because my mathematics were really good. And, you know, in, in small towns, when your mathematics are good, the only career option your parents or your families or your nearby will give you that, okay, why don't you become a chartered accountant? Because you're good with the numbers, right? <laughs> so, you know, and, and surprisingly, what happened is I was sitting with a friend of mine during my 10 standard farewell party. And he's a very good friend of mine, though we have lost in touch, in, in lost in touch in, in last you know few years. But he said, you know, it, if your max is good, it doesn't mean that you only have to do or become a chartered accountant, right? There are a lot of other specializations and future career options you can look at. And why do you look at engineering as a career? And I said, why would somebody look at engineering as a career? And I'm talking about this, by the way, in 94, 95 timeframe, right? So like, you know, uh, 25, 30 years uh, since since now. So 
and you know that's where i think that conversation actually uh, became much more fruitful and you know he could explain you know what does technology and it and what is that in future and i would give heads off to him he's like a young guy same age same class and he's talking 10 years ahead of me right so he's like okay so and, and then i started exploring engineering so that's how my engineering career at least started right so you know i came in 12 you know took up electronics communications came to pune and then so on right and obviously even after that when actually 12th standard so this was a story in 10th standard right when it when i came to 12th standard somebody started saying me you know what why don't you go to you know and and do you know chemical specialization why don't you become a chemical engineer like okay you know when i said engineering does not necessarily mean that i have to do chemical engineering right and sitting in labs over there that's certainly not my interest but coming again from small towns you know sometimes college perceptions are different than the future percep- perceptions right so people are you know again in a family okay beta why don't you do chemical engineering it because that's one of the greatest college in in maharashtra or in india right so but again you know one other friend of mine came for my rescue and is like you know yeah, by the way no offenses chemical engineering for my own rescue he said you know why don't you go to pune it's a nice weather you'll enjoy the college you do engineering and it technology because that's what you wanted to do and i ended up in in pune and then i think that's how we met as well by the way in the same college right so that's how my engineering career actually started you know obviously uh, post that got, got a placement in motorola uh, i was doing electronics and again the switch happened because i was doing electronics and vls at that point of time uh, very fond of tech instruments motorola's and intels of the world and just that you know it was a 2000 2001 time frame as you know a great recession that point of time as well uh, and that helped you know in in one or way you know it helped me to move to my software career in a way right so so that's how engineering career started right uh, but eventually even when i started that uh, and and maybe you can you know give reference to my roots over there i always wanted to in my mind frame i was very clear i want to become a ceo at, at you know at one point of time right now whether that ceo would be a professional ceo role or would that be a an entrepreneur role you know was not defined at that particular point of time right and i was obviously i was not in hurry uh, but i think from a mind frame standpoint i was uh, very much clear that at one point of time i want to be a ceo and then as i progressed in my own career and you know and it started becoming more older obviously entrepreneurial uh, journey was something which i had in my my, my mind as well right uh, which could be pre ceo post ceo whatever that could be right so i think it it all started with that and uh, to make sure that you know you you would make justice in the future obviously i i took a lot of educational lessons as well uh you know i also engrossed myself into other activities on how do you deal with customers how do you talk about business i mean at one point of time you know i was working in a smaller company and uh, they were so confident on me that i was going and closing the deal i was going and doing the technology i was going and doing the delivery i was going and doing the customer support right and i i banked upon it uh, primarily i i never said no to anything uh, because i said this is the time to kind of spend more time on some of these activities uh, and as that's going to be helping you you know in the future as well so grab every opportunity that came on my way in different whether it's technology whether it's product whether it's about customer engagement whether it's about sales sometimes to a, to an extent uh, just grab it as much as possible right uh, and being confident and continuously working on that continuously learning more and more things you know i you know i, I think that learning phase 
never stopped for me and that it still happens today uh, that how do you learn from different people how do you learn from different opportunities how do you learn from different scenarios and situations uh, you know and keep 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 improving yourself again and again right never putting you on top of anybody right uh, at the same point of time every single person who came in the life becomes a teacher for me right as an example so uh, that's how that journey was laid out uh, to an extent thoughtful to an extent non thoughtful as well right <laughs> but that's how you know started as an engineer started taking up more roles uh, at one point of time you know obviously then looking at some opportunities got into an entrepreneurial journey as well ran it for some time got an exit with a listed company in india and then kind of evolving to a ceo role which eventually i wanted to do right uh, and at one point of time sometimes people ask that you know if you have started one company why don't you one more right and i took one more pause because even in entrepreneurial journey i didn't want to kind of go just like that so i took you know quite a amount of time like 8 9 years to kind of get myself prepped up and get get into entrepreneur role similarly to get into a you know again a ceo role i wanted to kind of explore such roles uh, so that as you grow forward you know in your life and if you, if you don't want to do one more venture or, or third venture uh, you know you can grow in those roles as well so learning from smaller companies and mid sized companies cross business tech product uh, ecosystem you know that's how that constant churn of learning uh, you know always used to happen uh, and that was quite mindful also you know how do you how do i wanted to progress so i think that's how the journey has come along you know i think it i'm still young by the way i don't know about you <laughs> but i'm still young <laughs> so a uh, lot more things lot more things to come in the future you know very excited what's happening across the world a uh, lot of opportunities in 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 as a ceo in as an uh, entrepreneur in the future so right um, and will constantly work towards that i feel that maybe this is uh, one more life to to start with and and there lot so many things to be done right uh, with jp morgan now obviously you know as the acquisition has happened we have to do so many things uh, we are scaling up it's a hyperscale for us hyper growth to do a lot of things uh, both from a technology standpoint both from market standpoint and it's going to be in you know humongous learning opportunity again right uh, working in a different uh, you know ecosystem altogether uh, that way so right. so so yeah that's how the journey has been and i hope it continues similar way yeah yeah so uh, akash couple of things struck me one was the you know how you mentioned that there was a deliberate direction that you wanted to take but you also wanted to spend time you know learning the ropes learning the basics uh before you take up that you know that next uh, milestone and during that uh, you know that uh, duration it was more about grabbing all the opportunities that came your way not picking and choosing something right so that was very yeah. uh, uh, interesting in fact uh, i remember uh, you know when we used to speak uh, i think back in 2003 and you know for your what you were doing was the kind of work that you know uh, the the standard engineering uh, you know individual contributor kind of a role person would do right uh, you know yeah. filing for patents and and doing that kind of highly technical uh, work right but then yes. you had this in in your uh, you know roadmap somewhere uh, right that you wanted to be a, a ceo so just talk me through how should people actually do these kind of things where they are excelling at what they are doing right now but having that 
you know vision that yeah this is where we want to be so that requires taking up opportunities taking up um, you know things that are pushing you pushing you out of your comfort zone and and doing this because there are two aspects to it one is you being ready for it and the other being you know company being ready to give you that uh, responsibility yeah. and that challenge as well right how should you build that confidence in others to be able to do that yeah no and i think uh, look sometimes there is no straight answer for this but this is as good as your education system as well right and this is this goes back to your backward planning right as an example so if you want to become uh, you know as an example even engineer or if you want to become a chartered accountant or if you want to become a doctor right you start backward planning right you start putting up yourself in that shoe 7 uh, 8 years be- you know before you know you take special specializations for that right you focus on certain subjects versus other subjects right you focus on that environment and and ecosystem you know where do you want to be and we 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 sometimes uh, do this inherently even when we are in schools and colleges right uh, people who are really focused on what do what do you want to do 10 years from now or 5 years from now and it's the same thing which applies to your other career options as well right it, it's all about how do you do your backward planning right so if you are certain uh, in your mind frame that 5 years from now i want to become you know obviously let's say for an example as a ceo of of a small or a mid size or a bigger company so what does those characteristics entails to right you know and for those characteristics what are the plannings you have to do and for those plannings and how do you want to start coming out of your existing comfort zone and looking at other options as well now for that you may have to do a lot of movements as well you know particularly right because if you are in a specific zone in your current state that zone may not allow you because of different other parameters to start exploring other things as well right so you have to kind of come out of that zone uh, broader your zone a bit Uh, you have to meet people. You have to be more open. You have to be kind of learning more and more things, uh, and and based on those parameters, you have to start focusing on other things as well, right? And then execute on that. By the way, right? So it's just not about you reading about it, or it's just not about talking people about it. It is also about how do you personally execute on that, right? As an example, so uh, you know, if you're a technologist today, as an example, and then. five is from now you want to become somebody so as a technologist can you go and talk to your customer that's the first thing you can you know least you can do in fact right uh, then as you start talking to the customer can you take an additional responsibility of doing a revenue expansion with the customer right as an example then can you start engagement with your marketing teams can you start engaging with your finance teams can you start engaging with your sales teams and so on right that's how you have to start broadening your horizon while executing it you know in real time if you don't do that if you just only talk if you only meet people if you only read about it and you're not you're not allowing yourself to come out and actually doing it on the ground uh, without being very specific about it because that's the whole learning zone right you have to be very open you have to listen to people you may not be right in those zones because you were right in one zone but you may not be right in other zone so that's how i think it's all about how do you how do you do a backward planning and then how do you execute on that and at the same part of time you are open and you are engaging your other stakeholders to start understanding that whole ecosystem of your future role uh, and as long as you can do that i think that's where you start realizing that you're making a progress in that direction and i'm sure if you excel at it uh, obviously it has to deal with your competency then your capability then your execution success outcome as well 
if you show those uh, check marks you know in in that ladder you know you you are certainly you know in the right direction to achieve what you want to achieve you know as as part of that role and that's what exactly i also did uh, you know i was never stuck as a technologist though even today i'm a technologist right so don't mind i can go and i can do a blueprint of any large solution uh, you know the same way as a hands on architect will do will do today right uh, i can go and talk to fresh college engineers who will come out with with great ideas and and still do that right and and that's what i think you can keep that as your core advantage by the way uh, but spread your wings you know and execute on those other areas to become what you want to become right right i think that working backwards philosophy is is excellent you know again made very popular by amazon uh, you know these days with the book about you know how do you actually start with the end goal and then work backwards uh, right. we've all you know heard about it i think yours is a great example of actually having lived that uh, as well and live live to create a t shaped uh, uh, you know career where you have your Uh, you know distinct you know advantage your expertise but you have also you know expanded yourself it is not you know a, a very narrow focus area for uh, yourself right so that's yeah. that's fantastic uh, and, uh, and in fact in fact to your point of those goals right you're right amazon and it, it's it's all everybody it's whether it's a company or it's an individual or some great examples by the way i'm i'm still a small Uh, fish in the pond, right? But even if you take at great people, that's how they have looked at it many, many part of time. And I think one thing to remember is set higher goals and work towards it, right? So uh, as long as you keep on setting higher goals uh, and keep on working towards it, you will end up to a goal which may not be so high as what you have thought about, but you'll still end up achieving the goal what you wanted to achieve, right? So, but the idea is set set hundred percent higher goals than your actual goal. Correct, correct. Yeah, I think that that desire to push yourself, I think it's 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 you know it, it's what makes people different. Uh, people who have achieved something uh, that that desire to push themselves out of their comfort zone. I think it's it's very easy for people to say no. This is good. You know, whatever I'm doing because you know it's like the standard rate of growth, right? You keep doing this, you will yeah. get somewhere. Obviously, you'll get somewhere because things are going well. But uh, if you want to make that jump. you need to uh, you know think differently uh, as well so on on yeah. that note uh, akash uh, you know i know that you also looked up to by you know entrepreneurs founders who come to you for advisory around you know building product building companies while you are a ceo yourself and you know like you said you are in i would say you are an engineering ceo if if there is a term like that who is equally good at engineering as well as managing the business side of it right so how do you manage all these things are there different hats that you wear you know different personalities that you take to these you know different kinds of you know demands of of these roles that you have uh, i think in fact to an extent yes uh, so 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 look when you work with startups the context is very different right when you work with emerging entrepreneurs the context is very different uh, because the ecosystem is sometimes different the the pool of resources is is different the opportunities are different the level of mindsets required are different so uh, i i can't when i am advising somebody you know from a product company standpoint or a entrepreneur standpoint i can't have my same ceo hat because me as a ceo in in a company i might have abundance of resources i might have 
a very different ecosystem i may have a different set of you know stakeholders to deal with and that's not true for you know that particular company or or a founder i'm advising right so absolutely i have to wear a different hat i have to bring in my whole experience uh, of what i've done in the past uh, i have to bring in my current experience as well how the world looks at it right at the same point of time because being part of bigger companies sometimes does give you a natural inherent advantage of knowing lot more things which a founder at that particular stage may not know right and also uh, the networks what you have and what you learn from them and so on so you have to wear a different hat uh, you have to be more i would say uh, collaborative in nature you know with that particular founder or company and listen more uh, and and then act because sometimes as a ceo you know you have to achieve something and you have some plan in your mind and you kind of want to execute on that uh, very rigorously right otherwise sometimes it becomes difficult in a large environment to achieve your outcomes right but you can't do that in in the same uh, startup environment so yes you have to wear different hats you have to bring different experience you know your past uh, nature of in that particular zone then combine it with what you are in the current zone and make that as a package for that particular entrepreneur or company to take an advantage of that and at the end of the day i always say that as an advisor Uh, and i've been sitting on boards earlier as well uh, i i have been more uh, keeping the decision making with the founders right uh, and and because they are the best people to judge pick up what makes sense and then execute on that right and and so that's how you know as you kind of manage some of these other activities around you uh, you know it it helps uh, those people as well and at the same point of time it helps me because i said i think this learning never stops right Uh, you get to learn so many other things even if you would have gone through similar situation or similar context or similar phase in your life earlier every new context brings a different learning for you right so uh, and that can help me as well to eventually do something right. on what i'm doing currently or what i'm going to do in the future right so it's it's always a cross pollination of learning opportunities and you have to wear that hat as well the hat is not always about advising somebody else but that also is how do you pick up how do you learn few things which you know is are, are new things for you as well so uh, you have to keep on wearing those hats uh, absolutely yes right right so you know one thing that i've clearly uh, you know gleaned from what you've said is being open and having that learning mindset but were there any other mindset changes that you thought you had to make in yourself to be able to get to this point where you are you know doing these different kinds of things how how was the journey in terms of just preparing yourself from a mindset point of view uh i mean the answer is tricky uh, and and this goes back to the you know to the same thought where we started this call with but see i think from a mindset point of view it's it's largely arish about uh, whether you want to learn more uh, i think that's the way to start with as opposed to whether you want to give back more right I, i mean and my mindset is whether you want to learn more and i think that is the main framework uh, in my mind which i follow and because of which you know it it teaches you to be humble with people because of which it teaches with you to be more collaborative with people it teaches you to not be more prescriptive about what you want to do versus you know more collaborative about what you want to do and and so on right and at the same point of keep learning so i think that mindset of open to learn at any stage of your life uh, you know helps to get into this different roles at different point of times uh, primarily
right uh, and and that has always worked for me at least so Mm-hmm. Right. Another thing that uh, struck me, Akash, was when we started this conversation, you spoke about these, you know, two, three anecdotes about your friend telling you something in class 10 and then, you know, someone else talking to yeah. you about engineering. Uh, so clearly you remember, uh, you know, these, you know, incidents, these, you know, anecdotes. So is reflection a, a, a large part of what you do in terms of learning as well? Do you look back at how things have progressed and do you say, okay, this is the lesson that I draw from here, you know, from my stint in this company. These are the, you know, big learnings for me. This is, these are things that I could have done differently. You know, how, how do you do that? Do you take notes? Do you think about it? Do you set aside time for this? No, some of these are just like swimming lessons, Harish, right? So once you know swimming, you can't forget swimming, right? That's that's how it is. Um, so no, strictly, I I I take very low, less notes, by the way, unless if, if it's a professional working context, right? right? Sometimes you have to take notes over there. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, some of the life lessons are just like swimming lessons, right? You just... You just learn them and you never forget about it, you know, and, and you keep on working on that again and again, and again and again, right? So, but yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no method or there's no framework to that primarily, right? As I said, you just have to, if you are in that journey as, as what I am in, you'll inherently, uh, you know, remember some of the past failures or learnings or success or gaps or differences or your friends or your network or your family who have helped you in different different time of you know uh, of your life so i think no no specific hack around it and i'm sure inherently as a human being we'll just remember some of these things uh, as long as you're in your career of progression every single point of time right so if you are working towards as i said higher goals every single point of time no matter if you're a ceo no matter if you're a unicorn founder no matter if you're a start a founder and so on as long as you have that mindset you'll keep on remembering all of those things and you'll make sure that you are doing better in your next in your next role so right right all right okay so um, you know make a slight digression now uh, akash and now i want you to wear your advisor kind of uh, a hat and uh, talk to me about how tech founders should be thinking about building their business right so what we've seen often that um, engineering, you know, founders, they have this tendency, you know, the first, the default is to start building a product, you know, build, look at it from a very engineering mindset uh, kind of a view. Uh, and they fail to look at the other side of things like, you know, networking, working on the business instead of working in the business, right? So how should these people who probably don't have a, a, a systemic uh, you know, background of doing these kind of things uh, because of the way our, you know, our entire education system is organized that, you know, you just go write these exams, solve these problems and you think, you know, uh, marks are uh, what life is, right? But when you start look, looking at things like business, yeah. it becomes different. <laughs> Suddenly, there are so many other things that are at play and, you know, that that's where, uh, again, pe- these people need to be pushed uh, outside of their comfort zone. So how would you advise these engineering slash tech founders to get better at these other skills? Yeah, and by the way, that that framework is is nowadays changing. Okay, I see a lot of young smart engineers uh, are doing much better job than 
maybe our generation right Correct. so <laughs> maybe we, we were the ones <laughs> who were not following the, the 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 way it should be but i mean i see that change by the way when i meet a lot of hmm. young founders now you know i've been uh, investing into few as well so i i've seen that dramatic change wherein a lot of this uh, young engineers by heart are are thinking about business are thinking about investments are thinking about expansion they're thinking about building large companies in different ways and they are going out of their zones already right mm-hmm. uh, but for those who are still not in that in that mind frame as of today uh, you know I, i think essentially again you have to you have to see what what kind of company you want to build in right i remember when i started my first company and obviously i had lesser learnings that time uh i was looking to more build an ip centric company right mm-hmm. wherein you build ips you build great products and technologies you get more patents and again to a, to an extent it was an engineering mindset you know to to build an ip centric company and there was nothing wrong about it because right. there are a lot of ip centric companies globally right mm-hmm. uh, but at the same point of time uh, because we wanted to build a company as well we started doing our sales from day one by the way mm-hmm. uh, i started meeting my potential customers and clients and stakeholders including investors from day one uh, when we when we kick started on the ground so i think for engineers it is uh, again it, it important that what you want to achieve you want to build a great company if you want to build a great company inherently other than building a great product you have to build great customers you have to great you know get great investors sometimes you have to build a great ecosystem right and to do that you have to start uh, putting yourself into those shoes from day one as opposed to later point of time right so you can't think okay let me build a product for two years and then i'll start doing some of this thing absolutely no chance of doing that way because then the Uh, probability of failures become much more higher because you just don't even know what your building is right or wrong right so i think it just it just about uh, a, as an engineer can you think outside of the box of your product and tech uh, and and essentially these are all smart folks by the way uh, all engineers are smart folks yes <laughs> because they're <laughs> <we're> engineers <laughs> but, <laughs> but <laughs> so it, it just about it just about getting out of that shoe a bit and kind of exploring more Uh, and it's just about learning and sometimes by the way uh, the other important gap is uh, somebody might feel that because i can build a great product i can also build a great company and sometimes for some people because of the human nature may not be true so and hence that's where you need some great co-founders or or great leadership eventually right and you would have seen facebook as a good example you know Mark Zuckerberg make sure that he built a great you know he built a great leadership got Sheryl Sandberg you know who built a great company along with him a uh, lot of other companies wherein uh, founders knew their limitations as as technologists they made sure they had the counterparts to take care of other things which they can't do right uh, and that has been a great success so first is you need to decide whether you are ready to take up some of those additional things around engineering uh, other than engineering and if you are not then you have to make sure that you have right people working with you as co-founders or as your team members and give them all freedom to execute on those lines to build a great company so it's either of the two and and sometimes look there are people who say that this is my zone and i want to stick to my zone and i i may not want to come out of that zone and which is fair sometimes as a as a human nature which is fair right Now, there's nothing wrong or right about it but if you are deciding to be in in a particular zone then you need to make sure that you have other people to take care of other zones right and uh, for for some founders that 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 has worked out well and for other founders that will work out as well and hence 
as you go out, uh, whether it's your customer or whether it's about your investor, they do look out at what's your team. And that's very much to the same point, whether the team is holistic, makes sense for for building a great company, right? As yeah. opposed to just one single person. So yeah. and there are solo founder examples. Solo founder examples has been largely because they were able to pull all the things together, whether it's engineering, product, technology, sales, marketing, customers, investors, and so on. But if you're not, then you have to write, get right people along with you. Right. Yeah. I think it again boils down to the whole working backwards philosophy, right? Where do you want to be? And, you know, then that decides what game you want to play, right? And then are you cut out to play that game? If not, do you want to add more people to your team to play that game? I think it just boils down to that. Correct. Correct. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So, I guess coming to your current role at, uh, you know, Taviska, right? Uh, Taviska has been, uh, you know, one of the great places to work, uh, listed, listed as a great place to work. Now, it's a JP Morgan company. What is your, uh, you know, contribution right now at Taviska? If, if I were to ask you, what are the top three contributions that you are making at Taviska? I know it sounds like an existential question, but <laughs> please go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I no, and, and uh, well, this is something which I which I am uh, breathing every single day, right? So we for for me, I have a very clear priority: build a world class platform, right? So so we are into a loyalty and you know a space and uh, travel as one of our uh, lever, and then obviously non travel as we expand. Uh, so building a world class platform because we are the ones who is building a global platform from India, from Pune, from Tavisca. And we continue to up our, uh, you know, raise our bar on that uh, day by day. Uh, second priority is to build an operational excellence around it, right? So the only way to scale, to grow, and to build great platforms is: uh, Do you have right excellence in nature in your in your all of your operational workflows, in your teams, in your workings, in your customers engagement, and so on, right? And the third one is to build a people, you know, culture, right? So you know, uh, as you build great culture, as you have right people you will eventually build great products. You will eventually have right excellence in nature. You will have right customers and, you know, right engagement and right businesses moving forward. So it's all about people end of the day, right? So, so those are the three top priorities we keep on working about. We always talk about how do we make our platform world-class. We always talk about how do we have right excellence as we scale, uh, you know, and then thirdly, we, as we do that, and, and by the way, not, this is not in a priority order, right? Okay. This is all at the same priorities. Okay. <laughs> so, and then how do you have a right people culture uh, to, to give them freedom, to give them some, you know, autonomy to work, to give them right environment, to, to you know, uh, to, to build those, uh, you know, excellence and, and, and platforms, right? So, so those are our three top priorities. And uh, that's where it has helped help us to even get recognized as great place to work earlier as well before the acquisition, okay. right? So, uh, and, 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 and that's how we'll keep on pushing ourselves uh, very hard on, on those three top priorities as we expand. So, right, right. So, Akash, can you give me some concrete examples of how you ensure that, you know, the team actually gets a great culture, uh, you are building that great culture at uh, Taviska. Can you give me some concrete examples of what people outside of Taviska can look forward to in, in a company like Taviska? Yeah, so uh, this this goes back to the saying, right? We uh, we have this whole freedom, autonomous, and respect sort of a culture, right? Wherein we we go after some goals as opposed to uh, day by day how we really you know uh, making it more 
stringent and making it more difficult for people to achieve that right so it just that we all coming together uh you know and 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 making sure that we working towards that goal together and and providing all help we can whether it's about uh, getting the right leadership for them whether it's getting right environment for them whether it's getting about right tools and framework in the mind whether it's giving the right you know as i said environment to work upon or work in so i think all goes well uh, and we do this day by day very very you know so i i i can't pick up one single example uh and say that this is where we're doing it because we're doing this um, our our freedom the the autonomous culture and the and the respect we we do this in every single thing what we do you know we do that during covid as well uh we you know we 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 made sure that the right vaccination drives we made sure that we are looking at their families as well at the same part of time constantly seeking how their families are doing because many times even if the employees were not, were doing good their families were not doing good by the way right so mm-hmm. we made sure that we are are sending some token of uh, appreciation for their families as well and so that they can get well all all sort of support required so this is all because we want to give right environment to work you know at the same time get you know give them more freedom to work upon uh, you know and and so on so so in our case we uh, that way our demography is also very young Uh, and hence it becomes easier to uh, inculcate some of this culture uh, many a times uh, because you know as a young generation you know it, they're always open and and always seek freedom on what what they what they have to do so whether it's about a technology product as long as it is aligned with the company and the business goals a uh, lot of times people have that whole way of freedomness and you know that autonomous nature uh to to build and and create and and deliver on those things right so i mean we we've been applying this every single place every single thing what we do in our company so right right and and how have things changed post march 2020 well so i think it's a it's, it's a million dollar question right so i think things have changed dramatically in a way that you have lost personal touch with people right and the importance of being more trustworthy uh, has never been so important earlier right so uh, i think for us our our level of trust has gone very high by the way uh, you know versus what it was earlier and and that has helped us to sail through properly you know post post 2020 but but yeah, i think that was one of the single most change which we have seen after 2020 you know we've not seen people from long time we still working together uh everybody is remote as you know you know hopefully by early next year people will start seeing some faces but at the same time how do you build trust and then how do you build uh that cushion of freedomness so that people are are working around the same goals without any problem so uh, i think people people management has been a very different ball game post 2020 versus pre 2020 right uh, rest i think things have been largely same right you had zoom earlier as well you had teams <laughs> earlier as well you know you had your slack also earlier so i think most of those things were were constant what changed is the people right and managing people uh, gaining their trust putting trust in them uh, has been a very different experience post 2020 so it has been i mean i would say look it, it has not been easy uh, it has been very tough very hard as well 
but yeah we, we could sail through uh, you know with those changes and uh, we are constantly working and maybe this is a good learning even when people start coming in the office right mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it's a different learning when last 12 to 18 months and uh, it's important to apply those learnings even when people come in in the offices right so how do you make sure that your trust levels are same uh, how do you make sure that you still give them that particular freedom even if you start seeing them face to face and and so on right even even if you look at just not from a ceo point of view but a simple managerial and and their teams right uh, earlier when you're in office maybe a manager is sometimes slightly hard and constantly seeking input from the teams and maybe sometimes trust levels are low maybe sometimes the uh, involvement is more but now you know this would have give more learnings to the managers and they would treat and they would work very differently with their team members uh, in a way right so so some of those people aspects have have changed post 2020 and i think it is essential that we use those learnings and apply them even when they are face to face you know sometime next year right yeah i think that that's a fascinating point akash because uh, you know we've been helping companies both with uh, you know propagating their culture at uh, work through through different things and we've also been helping some companies decide their return to work uh, policy i i say work because it is still open whether it's going to be hybrid whether it's going to be uh, you know fully remote or back in office they're just trying to figure this out and one thing that we've been trying to get these people to think about yeah. is you know th- it's it's been a fundamental change take all the positives from what has happened in the last 18 months and apply them to whatever you're going to do next right because that is what is going to de- define your right. future of work so according to you what what is the future of work at Tavisca, <laughs> you putting me on spot, okay? Yes. <laughs> so uh, no, no easy questions here, uh, Akash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I I may restrain from what we're going to do for Tavisca per se, but I think look in my mind, uh, in 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 my mind, you have to look in the context. Okay. Obviously, uh, by the way, there are many companies who were fully remote even before COVID. And and they have done a fabulous way of collaboration and still be successful, right? Uh, and obviously, companies and many other companies were fully fully in the office and and they have been obviously successful, right? I think in my mind, those two models might work in the future. Either you are either you are fully uh, remote or you are uh, fully in a way in, a, in an office, right? hybrid would work in a different context so i'm i'm not saying that hybrid won't work but this mm-hmm. is my personal thought right now and we have to see how it Correct. will evolve uh, hybrid will work as a cross location strategy uh, versus a when i say location i'm restricting location to a country mm-hmm. right so now it wouldn't matter at in which zone of the world you are in right somebody could be in us somebody could be in europe somebody could be in, in india and still do the same work at the same velocity uh, so i think from a hybrid standpoint i feel that the cross country hybrid uh, model may still work and and would still work uh, in in a different way so and however if you're in the same country uh, there there might be need of being at a at a particular location you know where all the people are and this is just because look at some of the nitty gritties as you start looking at it i mean imagine uh, you and me we are sitting in 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 an office and one of our team members is sitting outside right uh, obviously that particular team member might feel a, a siloed feeling right because then inherently when you're in the same room you talk about few things your voices are 
not uh, you know model like that that person may not hear about it and that person might feel you know what i am either intentionally being left out or i am just left out because i am just not in that same room right that may push people to be in the same location it is where my thought is right so i'm not saying that hybrid model is wrong i'm just saying that at a ground level when you start executing on that people will start feeling siloed and that may turn out to be a churning point for those people because then there's that person might feel oh, you know what i feel like i'm not adding value because i'm sitting in a different location so let me look out for something in my own town or my own city right mm-hmm. uh, so so i think from a company standpoint uh, we should company should be very clear what do they want to do if it's an office be in office if it's a remote go fully remote mm-hmm. if it's in a hybrid you will turn out on the risk of what i've just mentioned you know whether people getting left out people feeling siloed people feeling they're not en- getting engaged appropriately and then that is increasing the risk of attrition as well and and uh, and people themselves who feel that they want to work hybrid i think for them they also have to explore some of this integrities whether that will work for them right uh and by the way after these 18 months uh, many people are anyway wanting to come back because they want to see faces they want to get out of their families they want to get out of their houses um so but yeah there, there are a lot of people who wants to look at working from remote uh i, I don't think there is a straight answer uh, people companies will have to be liberal based on how people want as long as people are comfortable with that i think that's what i would end up that that model with if people are comfortable with working and still feeling that yes they are engaged they are they are feeling uh, not siloed they they are not feeling separation and that's not adding risk of attrition uh, if people are comfortable committed confident uh, then i think it makes sense but if not then it may not work for some companies it may work from some companies and this is no no single rule getting applied to all right um, so this some some will have different Uh, way of working some will have different way of working and it will all depend on that context and the nature of people right uh, the nature of people may also vary from company to company there will be certain integrities uh, but i would say i mean we being providing a people centric culture uh, we just want to do what people are comfortable with and and whether that comfort is a commitment and confidence as opposed to just just because i'm lazy <laughs> right yeah yeah i think um, you know in my opinion the next 2 uh, to 3 years is going to be uh, you know very tricky in the sense that both companies and people will have to be very open and not fixated on one thing or the other yeah you know companies cannot yes. be fixated and people also cannot be fixated there this is the only way i'm going to uh, work because things are going to evolve and you will see repercussions you know you, you you're actually going to see the churn numbers and all 6 months 12 months down the line right then right. there will be some changes in policies and then you'll again try to recalibrate so i expect the next 2 to 3 years as this you know state of flux where everyone is going to try and figure out what what works best for them i think that is very key because given their nature probably give, even given their uh, you know expertise levels as well right for, for some people the company may want to change their policies because they don't want to lose those individuals as well right so yeah. it, it, it's going yeah. to be tricky and i think look the the main problem will come up between tier 1 and tier 2 towns right See, tier 1 towns it's not much a problem because 
uh, many times, at least larger organizations like us, we have presence in Bangalore, we have presence in Hyderabad, in Delhi, in Mumbai, in Pune. So in a way, we have presence in a lot of period one towns already. So people are anyways working in those towns. So we have certain flexibility around it. But when it comes to tier two, where the problem will start coming around, right? So where, where people want to come out of tier two and, and be part of tier one again, uh, some people, it would have been life-changing lesson for them last 18 months, so they might not what want. And so, so that's where the problems will come. And within those problems of separation, then how do this, how does work out? Maybe it's better that people experience it. Both companies also experience it, as, as you rightly said, and let people also experience it and then take a call with what's working and what's not working and then, and then decide about it. And I think that's how I agree with you. That's how we'll have to look around next year uh, what's really working. And then how people are getting comfortable with, and then then start making sense, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So on on a similar note, uh, Akash, given everything that is happening in the world, right? The way people work, uh, you know, all society, technology, everything is changing. So future relevance becomes very important. How do you you know stay relevant tomorrow, and what can you do about it today in order to be you know relevant tomorrow? So how do you um, you know, ensure people at uh, Tevisca are staying future relevant. How, how do you, you know, work towards that? Right. So, yeah. So, and I see the relevance of future may vary from company to company, Correct. right? So, mm -hmm. uh, for us, our, our relevancy of the future is uh, obviously more technology-centric right now. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, how do we become more and more cloud, cloud-native, right? So, uh, we we are training our people. Uh, we are asking people to do a lot of courses. We're trying to convert our people from one stack to full stack, and and kind of asking them to become future relevant. Uh, you know, uh, when when we are all cloud, as an example. Obviously, cybersecurity is another area wherein uh, we are training our people around all the cyber postures and and dependencies and problem statements and what is future cyber state would look like. And so on. So we're investing a lot on that as well, uh, and and getting our people trained and ready for that. We, as I said, we we continuously keep on evolving or building world class platforms. So what does that platform look like? What does what does it require to build that platform for next three years? Uh, and how does that mindset should be? What what are those skills required? So we keep on training our people and investing on that as well, right? Uh, so 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 that's how I think it's all about investing into our people. Uh, building up their skills, uh, giving them right environment uh, to kind of be ready for the future. That's our context, by the way, uh, mm -hmm. right? And obviously, uh, I can't disclose our business uh, goals over there, mm -hmm. but based on those business goals, we're investing into our people uh, relatively to be ready for that. So it, it's it's all about how do you how do you invest? How do you uh, again the same philosophy? How do you work backwards? Uh, how do you then train your people? How do you give them right environment to learn uh, constantly day by day and constantly thinking about it, right? And then executing on, on it. So are you ready when that day comes of, of the future relevancy? So we are doing all that in our context. These are some of the points uh, where we are investing a lot uh, to be relevant for the future in, in terms of technology, business, product, and so on. Right, right. And and uh, for you individually, uh, how are you looking at your own future relevance as well? What are you doing today in order to be relevant, say, in 2025, 2030? <laughs> so, no, no, that's that's a great question. So, so for me, 
it's about how do you take how do you take larger roles from here right so obviously you you get inspired with people like uh, satya you know by sundar pichai and shantanus of the world and so on right so 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 you uh, i'm looking at them for inspiration and and then maybe at one point of time you you achieve that stage in your in your life you know uh, and, and and work towards it so i am hoping it happens you know <laughs> and then, then then let's see but that's how i'm looking at my, myself from you know 5 years 10 years from now uh, that whether you can achieve similar state in your life right so mm-hmm. right right and uh, how does your day look like today uh so my day uh, obviously i am in a way fitness freak so my day starts with my uh, 60 minutes uh, you know sometimes it starts with sometimes i put juggle in between uh but that's one of the important activity of my day uh and then i have to spend some time with my key leaders uh every day on different aspects of of the of the business and and our company uh and then third spend time with uh some other people uh kind of to understand and make them explain you know where are we heading what we supposed to do and how to do it right way and then keep on working on those three priorities right so building that world class platform excellence and then people culture so uh, constantly thinking and executing day by day on odd what you have to do with the help of your leaders and your and your team members right so 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 yeah i think it's it, it starts with fitness it it uh, eventually end up ends up with a long sleep after the day uh, but uh, but in a way during the day you know talk to your hr talk to your uh, you know because that's where the peopleness come into picture right then you talk to your technology leaders because that's where we're trying to build a world class platform and then working with uh, other divisions of the company to get the the operational excellence right so so all all our all our investments in including my investment is based on those three priorities every single day working with those different people you know in different divisions so yeah yeah all right akash so we've come to the end of this i'm going to end this with my last section where i will ask you for your hot take on the future relevance of you know whatever i i ask you for this could be terms words things right so first question is what do you think is the future relevance of customer loyalty the the relevance in the in the terms of what significance of priority or how things are going to change uh, in in that world. yeah so so i think look customer loyalty is the only retention currency for for anybody right so uh, the future relevance of customer loyalty is very high every single company has to think about loyalty and engagement uh, for their uh, end users because that's the only way they can scale their business that's the only way they can have stickiness with their users that's the only way they can learn from the users and do more for the users so you know absolutely great things to come around for customer loyalty and lot lot more companies will focus more and more on that uh, with the today's with today's competitive world and uh, ecosystem it becomes much more important for people to have right loyalty engagements and programs for their end users right uh, otherwise it just so tough to retain the users so uh, this this will go to different scale altogether as we move forward so okay uh, what is the future relevance of engineering managers that's tricky <laughs> so with this whole low code no code thing which is coming out in the future It, it's it's going to be tricky so i think engineering managers coming back going back to our other conversation engineering managers will start would start wanting to look out at different hats 
uh, as the dependency on technologies, thanks to artificial intelligence, uh, may go, you know, in different direction altogether. We we don't know that future ten years from now. So so the relevance of engineering man obviously will stay. Uh, you know, and I would I would rather call them as technology managers versus engineering managers because the flavors of technologies will keep on changing. Today it's it's codeful. Today tomorrow it could be codeless. Uh, but the technology will still remain, right? So you still have to be good in that particular technology to do something about it. So the relevancy of engineering managers will be more of technology managers, uh, and then within as technology managers, how do you wear different hats at the same part of time to stay relevant, right? Um, and I know one company who asked every engineering manager, by the way, to talk to the to, to talk to the clients. In fact, they switch the roles that every month. uh they asked their technology folks their engineering managers to become customer success managers and talk to the customers right so i think the relevance of engineering managers will be will be there as technology and if you can engage with your clients and customers uh the same way an account management would would do today there or a customer success team would do that then only i think there is a relevancy for them 10 years from now right right okay what is the future relevance of these traditional startup bases like silicon valley bangalore pune you know delhi ncr hyderabad are they still going to be the centers for you know startups or things are going to change no i think uh, that's already happening by the way right so there are right. a lot of startups coming out from tier 2 towns and they're already unicorns now mm-hmm. right the startups from jaipur i forgetting about other cities right so i think there are there are lot of i think it's all about spread beyond tier tier 1 you will we will see startups coming out of tier 2 towns and and becoming unicorns uh so the so the relevancy is just not tier 1 now it's it's anywhere and thanks to all this whole remote way of selling and remote way of working it, it's just helping that uh, point to to a great extent so i think the relevancy of startups is is everywhere and anywhere primarily so right okay and final one akash uh, and this is going to be a bit of left of field but i know it's of your uh, interest what is the future relevance of one day cricket <laughs> it's a relevance of one day cricket uh, no, I, I, <laughs> so it would have been easy if you have asked what the future relevance of test cricket or yeah that's cricket, why i didn't cricket, ask cricket. you that no <laughs> 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 no look i'm in favor of 2020 so i see less relevance of one day cricket to be honest okay okay on on that note akash i think uh, it is a fantastic chat uh, you know sunday morning well spent for both of us uh, i think one hour long conversation i uh, you know time literally flew uh, i actually just checked uh, how long uh, you know it it was and it was one hour so uh, great uh, insights akash i think there is a lot uh, for people to learn from you know your own career arc as well as how you have thought about it i think that working backwards philosophy is is great uh people have generally done that in the you know context of companies but you know that's essentially what you need to do for your personal career and personal uh, journeys as well so uh, you know a lot of uh, takeaways from uh, from from this interview akash thanks a lot for this thank you so much arish and an always pleasure talking to you